Uh, hi guys, um, this is Alexis and Peter Yo, here up, another, on a yeah another Red Spotlight podcast. I think this is what the seventy second one. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna do a title because I I just don't feel like it. So whatever the title is, it'll be up on whenever this gets uploaded. Insert title here, and that's the title. Exactly, exactly. And while uh, we wait for um, some people to get, I don't know, headphones, uh, we are actually. It's. We'll talk about that okay. right now. Um, we're going to do an actual. Uh, we're going to divert from the formula, and we're going to do a free form, uh, like the channel. I mean, no, we're not going <laughs> to. No, not that. Not that. We're not going to talk about free form. We're, gonna, we're actually going to have a free flowing discussion about anything until um, certain people show up. So this is going to be Red Spotlight number seventy-two. Let's see what happens. All right, Peter. So I think uh, we should start with some breaking news. Um, uh, Robert Mueller? What's happening there? What's happening there? You asked for this. Well, I mean, we don't, we, we don't got to talk about there if you don't want to. We can move on to something else. But we should note uh, for our viewers, or our listeners actually, that uh, a brand new report has just been dropped that uh, special counsel Robert Mueller has already gotten a Washington grand jury to sign off on the first charges for um, the... Russian, the Russian interference of our election. I'm already seeing it on Twitter. I, there could be some surprises, and I think there, there will be. But I think if anyone with half a brain has been following this case, it's pretty clear that um, it, it, there's two people that come to mind. And those are the people that have been looked at very, very heavily. The former campaign chairman of uh, Donald Trump's campaign, uh, Paul Manafort, uh, who has many Russian ties, uh, think he failed to he failed to for, to register as a foreign agent number one. So I mean that's just the first offense. But then also um, Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. So I think uh, yes. Yeah, you're always honest. Well, um, don't don't do that. I'm telling you, no, don't do that because you know you know very well that there was collusion and that we shouldn't stand for this. And the people that that did this behavior should be taken down. And this is an actual this is an actual scandal. The president of the United States is being investigated not just for this but also for obstruction of justice. These are serious things. We have forces in Washington that are trying to corral in the circus and the anarchy that is being unleashed by at
Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Here, yeah, there's already an investigation, and people don't want. I get your thing about people not wanting to talk about it, but Donald Trump hasn't stopped talking about it. In fact, he was the one that propelled this investigation. He openly admitted. He openly and yeah, he openly admitted on national TV that he fired the FBI director because this Russia thing was a was a was a fake story, and literally anything and everything he does, which is the distractions that he does on a weekly basis, are predicated on people not learning more about this Russia stuff. He doesn't want this Russia stuff in the news. So all of the distractions that he is creating is because of this investigation. So I don't see how that can go away. I don't even see why you're including the DNC in that. The DNC was hacked by the foreign enemy here. I, I, I agree. I, I think what you're trying to say, or what you're saying, I understand that it's not, um, it's too easy of a target. But I also don't think that this is something that should be ignored or belittled or allowed to be gone, gone under the radar because I don't think it's normal under any circumstances that the President of the United States is being investigated for corruption and and treason, colluding with a foreign entity to win an election. That is not forgivable in any case. And I do believe that there was collusion deep within the roots of this campaign. The evidence is there. I'm sorry. It is. It's there. And people can, can see it for themselves. Okay, then we'll talk about tax cuts, right? Because that's what's going to get done, really. Let's just talk about tax cuts. I don't know. I don't know about Will. I, I look. Here's the thing. I don't know about Will because so far they've been inept at anything, 
And they're, I mean, they can't get anything done because this entire week, more and more senators from his own party have, has, have attacked him and, and back and forth. There have been people turning on him, not the leadership. Look, I, I think in general, I understand the logic that you're saying. I just, for me, Obamacare getting it repealed, while yeah, Republicans are never going to agree, they had every advantage and they had every opportunity. And yes, they agree more on tax cuts. But I do believe that for the first time that there is a tide beginning to turn within... Oh my God, what idiots. Um... There, there is. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's. It's. I'll, I'll tell you off the air. Um, how do you forget a wallet? I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just like okay. Um, they're never gonna listen to this anyway. Who cares? Um, <laughs> um I, I've honestly been surprised because it, it felt like Obamacare should have been dead by now. And for whatever reason, it hasn't. And even if they do get tax cuts done, 
I don't even think that'll be enough to sway much of the electorate that they that they've actually been good uh, in power. Because I don't I don't I don't know how you can paint a more disastrous year uh, for them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, but then not even not even Fox News wants to talk about tax cuts. They had I think Tucker Carlson had this Democratic congressman on the other day, or or senator I don't know which one it was, and then they were like, "So what do you think about Hillary Clinton funding the Trump dossier?" And he was like, "I'm I'm here to talk about taxes." Oh, like uh, apparently a conservative group that supports Trump, I guess, were, were the first people to do the research for the dossier, which, by the way, a lot of it ended up being true. So, again, another another known fact that people don't want to cover. Like people remember the media, they were so pissed that BuzzFeed dropped that dossier. I think it's the best thing BuzzFeed ever did was to do that because like. It's not a high bar, but but this is actually contributing, I think, to the downfall of Donald Trump. And I'm sorry, but in my mind, the downfall of Donald Trump is the savior. It will be the salvation of this country. There, there'll be no two things about it. And you and I agree on that 100. percent Don't don't okay me as if I'm some kind of lunatic here. I I I actually do care about the fact that our election was fucked with. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, some people go back with their wallets. Um, I want to clarify something because we're just going back and forth here. Um, yes, but I want to move on to something else. I actually um, I want to make it clear to the audience because apparently um, the host of this pod of this um, or the editor in chief, if anybody, yeah, the yeah. That's what he calls himself. The hostess with the mostess on one of the more recent um, audio commentaries on Adam's family uh, decided to attack me. And so, I mean, how, since, and I wasn't there for that recording, so obviously I'm going to have to respond to, uh, with that vicious attack when it came to. Um, and I think it also just kind of um, uh, showed how susceptible he is to other people's opinions. But okay, we'll move on from that. Um, and that was in response, at least I have my wallet. Um, <laughs> the revenge is mine. Um, listen, I actually want to thank you, Peter. Um, for the rather um, constructive conversation we had last week with Star Wars Rebels, and I want to I want to get the air out of the way with 
I want to get the air clear here is I actually do think that was a great conversation. And unlike those who only looked forward to the conversation because they wanted they wanted to get my reaction out of it, not in the interest of, you know, what's best for the show itself. <clears throat> Kyle, um, I actually do think it was a engaged and meaningful conversation about this show. I do have my own critiques that you weren't really pointing anything positive toward the show. You kept like you kept saying that you liked the show, you liked the show, you liked the show. Um, but I just think from my personal opinion, while the negatives you you threw out there are fair, uh, and they're sure, um, that that's that, that sure and valid are the same thing. Okay, you don't have to read between the lines, but you didn't really throw out that many positives, so. What I want to do is, well, first of all, thank you for for that conversation. I think um, a lot of the things you said do have merit. And I think a lot of the things you said come down to personal preference, I will say. Um, and I do... No, I, well, I disagree with you. Um, I think a lot of shows have the template of having, well, here, here's a mission. We're going to do things here and there. And I, I don't see why Rebels was so unique that you had to have that against itself because this is the formation of the rebel alliance there are going to be missions they're not equipped for warfare so there are going to be captures and there are going to be things happening on a regular occurring basis and i think we knew that will that was going to be a main byproduct of the show when it was announced and it certainly wasn't new in season three this has been pretty ongoing throughout the entire show and i just think yes some missions are are probably maybe you've seen one you've seen them all but and while i do think it is fair to attack it in some sense um you can't say that the action isn't star wars and it wasn't done right or well Okay, <laughs> it's not a revenge. I I just want to I I I just want to follow up on that conversation because I really do care about that show a lot. I mean, I didn't cry like some people at some museum and mistook it for a Vatican. I haven't been there. Okay, so you can't say anything about me. No, no, and you will never know that is fake news. You are so wrong, and you will never see that happen. Okay. Okay, well, in particular to season three, there's so many things that we didn't even get to mention in season three alone, like um, Mon Mothma, Sagarera. The, the whole thing, uh, the evolution of Thrawn, where that began, the Bendu, um, there were a lot of things that happened that we barely even got a chance to address.
he helped he he helped Kanan see better with the Force. He trained him basically, helped him see it a different way. That's fair. Um, I think uh, the more... I agree with you. I, I would have loved to see more of that. Um, although I don't think it's that major of a thing to be upset about because I do think that... Okay. Uh, tell me about Saw Gerrera and the two-episode arc with the Geonosis thing. Yes, it's Genevieve O'Reilly. She's the one from all of them. Yes. I don't think you're gonna. You're not gonna see that on a show like this. I think they can allude to it, but you're not gonna see that. If the recent um, two-part arc in the name of the rebellion pretty much was Mon Mothma v Sagrera round two. Um, it. Okay, I, I understand that, but they do mention that he does kill prisoners and civilians. Very, and, and, and Saw does not like shy away from that. I mean, what? I mean, will you just tell me what what stood out to you? What what, what episodes did you really like? Like for me, uh, the ones that I was blown away with. I mean, I can think of three ones that I was blown away, and I think are classic episodes for a Lucasfilm animation. Um, yes, uh, reference to Kyle. Over, although I don't overuse the word. Um, Twin Suns, Zero Hour, and Trials of the Darksaber. That was her fucking episode. How does that get in the way? I, I just don't understand. I mean, I, I, that's why I said it just comes down to personal preference because it's clicking with everybody else, but it's not clicking with you. And you're not really rationalizing as to why. It, it, I just don't get it.
Captain Sato, June Sato, Commander Sato, sorry, not Captain. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, I'll, and I'll do, like, and I'll, like, honestly, that's the only reason why that was even there. Because they knew they were going to kill him off at the end anyway. It's like, so. General Dodonna, if you, if I think you are aware, General Dodonna uh, arrived earlier in the episode. He's the old man with the white beard. Also, uh, General, the same General Dodonna we see in A New Hope uh, in the briefing for the Death Star plans in A New Hope. No, 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 no. Jan Dodonna, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. After uh, when when uh, Luke and Leia arrive on Yavin Four, there's this old guy leading a briefing for the Death Star plans. That scene, that's Gen General Dodonna. Uh, that's uh, this is um, Colonel Yolaren. Uh, Yolaren, who another great episode of the season was through Imperial Eyes. No, 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 no. Three Imperial Eyes was the episode. Basically, it's uh, um, it's the episode where Thrawn finds out that it's Callus who's the mole with Colonel Yolaren. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I. That's where I agree with you. I agree that the, that the turn came a little too quick for my taste. Although I do see. That the honorable ones, the episode in season two, kind of laid the grain. It laid the framework, the groundwork, whatever you want to call the the last scene where he's just sitting there by himself, pondering what this is all meaning or what it all means to him. I thought that was a pretty powerful scene. Could there have been more? Sure, but I think at the end of the day, I like that character a lot, and I do like how they turn him around. So that's where I do like that. I'm curious what you made of uh, what I would call the experimental episode of the season where they had the great Stephen Stanton come in. Um, do you like AP5? Because I really actually do, do like AP5 and Chopper. Uh, I think that... that, that... Really? <laughs> I loved it too. <laughs> they hate it. They hate it when they do droid episodes. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, but uh, I'm talking about, well, that was back in season two. In season three, there were um, other episodes with AP5 and Chopper. The one that I, there was one where they tag along with Wedge and Tilly's. And uh, Josh Gad actually worked, uh, did the voice of the villain in that episode. Yeah, it was Josh Gad. Uh, you're not Kyle, so maybe that, that explains it. But what I, the reason I asked you about that episode is because there, there's this really strange scene where AP5 gets sucked out into the vacuum of space and he starts to sing. Wasn't it? <laughs> I thought it was amazing. And I was just like, uh, well, I don't know what I'm watching, but I'm loving it. I know a lot of people hated that. I'm just like, whoa. I don't know. Tell me, well, why did you feel it was amazing? Tell me that. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I was laughing so much when he when he began singing. I was like, "What is happening? I love it. <laughs> it's just crazy." What is? What else do I want to go to? Again, I really enjoyed uh, the Rex episode where they ended the Clone War. Like for me here, and I, and I remember I said this to you. Season three was wonderful for me, and I and I loved it so much, and so Rebels because they really do uh, justice in closing out a lot of the hanging threads from the Clone Wars. And I know that you said that it was a negative. I, I see that. Fine, I get it. Let's not dwell on that. Um, what makes me so emotional about the series and why I love it so much is because they really do, I'd argue at the same time as keeping me interested in these new characters. I love Sabine. I actually do love Ezra, Kanan, and Hera, and Zeb, and Chopper. I really do. Um, I do get why you, you don't feel that way, I guess, somewhat, but I, I don't. I really have, I do think of these characters as part of my Star Wars family. I really do, and... and it's been four years to, already to to believe how fast it's gone by, but what they've done so well with the show, and I even though maybe it wasn't intended to be in the beginning, it really has essentially been uh, the sequel series to Clone Wars, and how it's done justice to so many of the characters and so many of the stories that were left unresolved. I mean, I can't tell you the emotion. I honestly was overcome with emotion in a lot of these episodes. Like, genuine emotion. I don't think, um, because I, The Clone Wars is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, and The Clone Wars itself is the primary reason for why I love so much. I love Star Wars so much. It's why I bought three Star Wars books this week. No joke. More on that later. Um, Literally, um, like what they did with Rex and how the Clone War ended. I mean, when that episode aired, I, I for the first time since it was announced back in 2013 that they canceled the show, and when that episode aired earlier this year or last year, whatever it was, for the first time, I felt a sense of closure that okay. I don't need any, I, that's when I was like, I don't need to see anything more of Clone Wars. I, this is where I'm like, okay, it ended. It ended in a way none of us liked. 
and then we're, we've moved on. And it's okay. I, I can't really put into words how hurt I was. Um, I was, I, honestly, I was devastated when, um, when it was announced that the Clone Wars was, end, was ending. Because that, that show was just hitting its stride, and it was getting better and better. And I thought it was unfair what happened. But that being said, um, those years mean so much to me. And the fact that, Clone, that Rebels had the opportunity to end so many things for Clone Wars means so much to me. And so I think on a personal level, I think a lot of the things that happen resonate with me so much more. Maybe not because of what the show does, but for what um, it, it signifies or symbolizes for me. That being said, I, 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 this is a good show. This is a very, I think you yourself said it is a good show. Not great? Okay, that's up for debate. That's perfectly fine. But I do think I should say that the show does so many things that work for me and that make me jovial and emotional in, in, in ways that, um, like one of the things that we hadn't talked about, because you're not a Star Wars bitch, so I mean, it's not going to hit the way with you as it would be with me and Kyle. It got it, it. I got choked up, but Kyle was literally in tears. The in the last scene of Twin Suns, you know what I'm talking about, right? The binary sunset. <laughs> With the music and everything. No, and it's true because like, and Kyle, it's funny because Kyle will try to say not, not every time, but then we play a clip. It doesn't matter from what property or what movie, what show, if it's showing the binary sunset and if, and if the music is, is playing, he will cry. Literally, he cries at the end of every time we see Revenge of the Sith. But but hold on hold on hold on, your your personal gripe with why people get that way aside, do you see why that would get people emotional? Didn't it? I mean, tug at your heartstrings. I mean, that I think what what it meant to me is that yeah, the Rebel Alliance and the formation of it is so important of this show. But I think what that moment signified is it's not necessarily the most important thing happening. It's still this other thing that's happening on the side that no one is depending on. That is the most important part of Star Wars. Do you agree with me? Or it didn't touch you at all? No, it, it, God, man, you're so hard to get, to get through. I mean, unless it's a movie about a Wolverine and claws and he ends up dying. Spoiler alert. You see, you see, there it is. There it is. Unless something is like that, it's not going to affect you emotionally. You are such a hard, you're such a hard person to get, honestly. I agree.
Can you please uh, elaborate on that? It worked, but it, it it worked for so many reasons. I mean, and just in that scene, the fact that um, I mean, basically Obi Wan was holding Maul in his arms the way that Satine he was holding Satine, and Maul killed Satine, and that alone says so much about the growth of Obi Wan Kenobi and who he's become. But it's also just kind of, I think, um, a reminder that Maul has always been a lost creature. Um, he, he was stolen from the Night Sisters. Um, Mother Talzin was forced by Darth Sidious to give him up. Darth Sidious, again, like anything else he uses as a tool, he, and then was tossed aside as soon as possible, and then he came back, and many, many attempts later, he, he's just a creature that is consumed by vengeance and that was the only thing that has kept him alive so long. Um, but I just thought it was, you know, the sense of uh, when he said, uh, tell me, is it the chosen one? And Obi-Wan said, yes. And then Maul's like, then he will avenge us all. I just thought that was, a, that, that, that's just perfect. That that's how you ended, and I just thought that it it was it was nice to see these two mortal enemies share a moment of hope, even with each other. I mean, it's astounding. I'd say. I don't know if if that moment uh, meant much to you, but. By the way, uh, what did you make of Steven Stanton as the voice of, of Kenobi? Wasn't it like, wasn't it? I was like, whoa. Because, you know, in the Clone Wars, James Arnold Taylor did the voice of Obi-Wan. Um, but Steven Stanton did the voice of uh, the Alec Guinness version. I thought it was, it felt like I was, I was he was brought back to life or something. Like the, the voice was just incredible. Don't go there. <laughs> also, what's really great um, that people don't mention, Kevin Kiner's music. <clears throat> um, I agree. I, I agree 100%. 
I agree with you 100%. Kevin Kiner has made so many, I think, memorable and beautiful compositions of music that nothing Michael Giacchino did in Rogue One can compare at all. Well, it, you don't mess with Rebels, I'll tell you that. Um, but Kevin Kiner has been doing great music for even in the Clone Wars and even until now. I think for me, again, I'm not even, because you don't, just don't like this character at all, but the, the Sabine theme I thought was really great. Um, and also the Thrawn theme. Uh, um, also, uh, Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn is a great casting, isn't it? Tell me what you thought about him, because a lot of people also had complaints that they that they used him sparingly, or that he he let them get away too many times. And I thought I always thought that was a bullshit critique, because that was the point. <clears throat> Literally. And it's also just like uh, and fresh because you don't really see many Imperials be that much of a tactician or competent, really. And you see constantly throughout the season how many of his um, of his underlings question him and kind of like just don't like the fact that he's right all the time. Like um, Admiral, that true, that too, um, but. A good example of it, um, Admiral Constantine, who died at the Battle of uh, Adalon at Zero Hour, uh, where Jun Sato used his fighter to to destroy the Star Destroyer because Admiral Constantine disobeyed Admiral Thrawn's orders because of glory or something that he wanted to be proved right. Um, now, I, for those of you who are listening, and Peter hasn't done this, so he can't criticize this, um... If you're not reading Star Wars Thrawn, I don't know what you're doing. But this is an amazing, an amazing novel. And if you really want to know more about this character, I think it's just an absolutely incredible origin story. And you're going to make love the character so much more. So, Peter, what are your final negatives on Star Wars Rebels so we can move on to something else? Because I know there's more. Well, that's an interesting uh, conversation. What do you look forward to in season four? I hope they don't I hope they don't kill him in this. So what you're saying is you want Thrawn, a Star Wars story. <laughs>
Episode 6. Um, let's see what else is, uh, what else do you want to talk about today, Peter? Oh yeah, you got your movie pass. How are you liking it? Not really. I I just don't care. Like, yeah, I just. Yeah, what are our plans for that? When are you gonna see it? Cause I think I'm gonna go see it on Friday. Um. No, I have um. I think I have a midterm or something, and then I have. Other things happening early on Friday, so I'll go see it on Thursday on Friday. I think with Alexis. Yes, with Miranda. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot that we're calling her Miranda now. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna call her Miranda. By the way, guys, we're really just stalling because it's literally taking Nettie and Eric two hours to find headphones. So we can record. <laughs> what the fuck? Who, who? I told them. I told them everything. 
I even told her that we're going to do an hour late. He's, there's just no, there's no winning with her. It's always going to end up one way or the other. It's just like, I think they're driving back to her house now. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did? Sure. None of the audience can see it, but... <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Great. Yeah. What? Let's see. He got the uh, Stranger Things Blu-ray, uh, which I believe is that's the VHS cover. Okay. Well, while Peter grabs uh, the thing he's going to show us, remember, you can go ahead and on Amazon or eBay... You can also make sure to order Star Wars Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. Timothy Zahn is the original author. Well, it's right here in front of me. And Timothy Zahn is the original author of the, uh, and the creator of this character. So go ahead and also get through. It's an amazing novel. Also, before we get to Peter's thing, also, please uh, go ahead and pre-order. You can also just go ahead and order Leia by Claudia Gray. This is, uh, this is also getting really great reviews. No, but everybody loved it. And I also meant to. It just, it doesn't really interest me, honestly. Um, yeah, not really. But this one really does because I want to know more about Leia. Um, I think that's a character I'm getting more and more fascinated with. I also meant to go read Bloodline, but um, I didn't get the chance to do that one either. But also, um, yeah, this is basically... Bit, uh, her life. Also, you haven't read it. Also, um, go ahead and read uh, Star Wars from a certain point of view. 40 years of Star Wars. And this is a really, really interesting one because this is a collection of different authors that uh, have come together. And these are basically, this is a collection of I would say 40, yeah, 40 stories celebrating 40 years of Star Wars. And I think it encapsulates everything that Peter hates in Star Wars, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But there is this really interesting... This is a novel. Uh, anyway, uh, this is this really interesting uh, passage here by Pablo Hidalgo about what's going on in Tarkin's mind. Uh, as he's about to finally use the Death Star at the Battle of Scarif. And then also when he's about to use it on Yavin 4. So it's like so many different uh, intriguing nuggets of more character information, more than you'll ever know. I will say, uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, part of what intrigued me is, if you are familiar with the Star Wars Holiday Special, B. Arthur's bartender character has now officially been made canon, thanks to this novel. Uh, yes, she is now um, canon, and apparently she also has a wife. So, that's all. That's actually not true. It happened back in Lords of the Sith, back in 2014, I think, or whatever. Um, that's all the Raven anything. And yeah, it's also a really interesting story on a whole bunch of characters. Like, you get to know why the uh, the bartender on Mos Eisley, when Luke and Obi-Wan walk in, why he hates droids. Because we needed to know that. <laughs> yeah, like the, like we wanted to see Panda Baba and Corn Dr. Cornelius cameo in Rogue One. 
Um, well, you know what? I can see why you hold that view, Peter, but I just think you and I fundamentally disagree on that. And that... Uh, yeah, it, it's just, it works for me because I, I love this universe and I, I and I do want to know more and more and more about it. Um, so I encourage all of you to go and read this, uh, these novels that I purchased this week. I haven't started uh, A Certain Point of View yet or Leia, but Thrawn is amazing. And also, since we're talking about these things, and I know I'm just eating up time, but I don't care. Is it... Yes, it has to. Uh, you should probably go read Ahsoka and Dark Disciple too. They're great novels as well. Um, you're not gonna. You don't read anything. So, uh, go ahead, Peter. Uh, so do I. Go ahead, Peter. Continue what you're gonna say. You're Stranger Things. Really? Oh. How how much was it? Oh, okay. What do you mean, what Netflix show? The Punisher? The Punisher? Oh, you mean on Blu-ray? Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about that, too. I mean, uh, you know, you and I are avid collectors of Blu-rays and and, and films that we love. Like, in the past week, I've gotten... 
what did I get? I got, <laughs> conveniently enough, I got Rebels Season 3 on Blu-ray. Um, I got Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, War for the Planet of the Apes. And, uh, oh, Daredevil Season 2, which I think you, think you already have that one. But I just got that one. Uh, and yeah. I would have already gotten it, but it was So we should probably talk about CBS All Access. What happened? So Star Trek Discovery was renewed for season two. So what do you think? Is it a success or based on what you've been reading? Do you think it's been better than what we thought it was? Or how? what, what are you reading between the two?
Should I start? Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. But I know they're wrong. Wait and see. Someday we'll find it, yeah. the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Wow, I wish I could sing like you. <laughs> Who said that every wish would be heard and answered, wished on the morning star? Well, you know, somebody just thought of that. And someone believed it, and look what it's done so far, you know? What's so amazing that keeps us stargazing? What do we think we might see? Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers. The rain. 